everybody out there in the galaxy, it's time for another episode of Star Wars All In, the show that goes all in on all the characters, details, places, things, and concepts from that galaxy far, far away. My name is Mac, and I'm here with my fellow Luke biographer, Ross. Mac, great to be here for week two of Luke Skywalker. This week, we are talking about Luke from The Empire Strikes Back, Luke in Trading, Padawan Luke. We've got uh, a lot to say, I think. Padawan Luke, yeah. yeah. Uh, It's a good one. People like The Empire Strikes Back, I think. It's rather popular. Yeah, so it should be fun to talk about, right? There's There's a good bit of Luke in this one. There's a fun, dark middle chapter we have to go through here of learning how Luke becomes a Jedi Master. By the time he, we meet him again. <laughs> but there is, there's lots of twists and turns. There's lots of interesting things. And he's a very different person um, by the time we get to the end of this one than he was when the last time we talked about Luke last week. Yes, he is. He's going to grow and change a lot. And that's the journey we're about to go on. We got a lot to talk about. So you want to just hop into it? Let's do it. snowy landscape of Hoth. Mm-hmm. It's been a few years since we've seen our hero, and he looks a little bit older, a little bit more mature. Obviously, the last couple of years have been rough on the run with the Rebel Alliance, right? Yeah. He's not in the uh, nice desert heat of Tatooine, <laughs> keeping him young, right? <laughs> and when we last saw Luke, he was... Uh, a guy who, Mac, I think as you had put it, had kind of just come into his own. He had right. finally shaken off the last bis- bits of his, you know, sort of home world, his upbringing. He had kind of become his own man and wasn't trying to just outdo Han Solo, kind of as you put it. And I really liked that uh, he, he's, comparison. He's, he's made the grand transition from a teen to a 20-something. <laughs> I mean, that is also technically true, because the last time we saw him, he was 19, and now he's at least 21. So, yes, you're spot on. That is very, very funny. Another good catch. <laughs> I like that. So, Luke has uh, obviously grown a little bit, but we're still waiting to see how. But as we know him, this is the hero of the Rebellion, the person who saved Yavin 4 and the Rebellion from the Death Star, right? This is the person who delivered the final blow that Rogue One started with, right? This is the person who has this grand legacy building up around him already for something that really isn't even Jedi-related. Mm-hmm. And that's where we see Luke here now. We know that he is now a commander, we learn very quickly. You know, he's yep. risen in the ranks. Uh, he is commanding Rogue Squadron at this point. And... There's a lot we're going to learn about him, so let's jump in. You ready? Yes. All right. So Luke sees a meteorite crash down to the planet. He radios into Han. We see Han is also out on a tauntaun riding around this uh, snowy landscape. 
for all we know, just basically putting all these sensor markers out here in the nothingness that is Hoth. Exactly, exactly. And uh, we get the Tauntaun reacting before Luke here to something that seems amiss. Now, in a moment after the Tauntaun sort of starts to lose its mind, a uh, giant snow beast that we will uh, come to learn in supplemental materials called the Wampa. Uh, thwacks him right in the face. Thwacks him, yes. Nice and hard. Uh, and conveniently giving him a nice scar. Funny how that works, isn't it, Mac? Yeah, it's interesting. It you know, It's almost as if the actor was in a car accident and had some plastic surgery and he might not look exactly like he did in a 77 movie. So we have a great reason to explain why he might look a little different. And it's perfect. We give him a scar and, uh, you know, it starts the legacy of every Skywalker uh, having a scar, I guess, with the exception of Leia. But let's just put this but, in perspective. It's kind of interesting. Like, ah, yeah. oh, there he is, the hero of the rebellion, the guy who, who who killed the Death Star. Oh, my gosh. Did he just die? <laughs> Literally, did he get decapitated? Did his neck snap? Did we just write Luke out? That can't now, be. that would be something. Now, that would be a plot twist. Uh, so we There's your see... next Dark Horse visionary comic, the what if of what if Luke <laughs> just died of exposure on Hoth. <laughs> so we see Luke getting dragged away across the snow and we find him uh, hung up in an ice cave suspended by his leg, which has somehow been frozen to the ceiling. And I think if I remember correctly, it was at one point canon that the Wampa could use its breath. To melt the snow. That's what happened in Super Empire Strikes Back. Pick the person up there, right? And then it would freeze over again so quickly. They would, right? Is that a real thing or am I making I'm that up? I'm assuming in the, the SNES game where you fight like five clog cars and two Boba Fetts, I'm assuming that's canon still, right? <laughs> I'm sure it is. Uh, let's let's send a yeah, letter. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't, I don't know if there's a current explanation. I mean, for, but it's really cool. I mean, for all we know, like, yeah, it could be the whole frozen thing. Like we're thinking, it also could just be like there's a hang bar there that he's on, and just the way the Wampa stuck him, he's frozen because he's been there for some number of hours. I mean, yeah, you assume he's been unconscious for a while. He's hung upside down, and when he regains consciousness, he sees his lightsaber on the ground below him. And he hears the Wampa munching on something tasty off in the distance. Probably his Tauntaun. Probably his Tauntaun. And so he gains his bearings and, uh, you know, after a moment, centers himself, concentrates, and reaches out with his arm. And for the first time here, we see a brand new force power. Yes. The force pull. And so as Luke concentrates, we see the lightsaber start to wiggle and we see the Wampa gain attention, starting to walk towards him. At the very last moment, the lightsaber flies into Luke's hand. He cuts himself free and takes the arm off the Wampa. And still here to this point, we have blood from a, white, a lightsaber wound. Apparently, if you have enough hair, the hair causes blood. I don't know. That must be it. Boy, I, you know, we've talked about this before. And I think I've gone off on uh, some tangents before. But boy, if there's one thing to add to a special edition, let's take that blood out. Let's yeah. just come on, guys. Again, I mean, they have with the Wampa. They've added the Wampa down. I'm gonna say, just give me some, just like an orange glow spot where it's been disconnected. Exactly, exactly. So, think of the anyway, children. it's fine. The new extended Wampa stuff is great. We love it. Uh, but just take all that blood yeah, out. But let's talk about what we're seeing here. Yes. The, the interesting thing about Luke is there's one major character trait Luke is showing already, very, very vividly. This dude is calmed down. He's settled into like a life with this rebellion. He is a much more centered person. And he's must have been working on that Jedi stuff now because 
he we don't need the promptings of like Ben going like reach out with the force, Luke. Like Luke is summoning within himself this connection to the force, and that just I love the when he's just like trying to reach. He's like yeah, ah, and he's like. And he like slows yeah. his breath for a second. He closes his eyes and you can tell he's just like, it's because I'm being impatient. That's why I can't do this. If I just fall into the moment, I can get this done. And I'm like, cool, you could not do that last movie. Absolutely. So it shows his progression. Um, but what I also love about this moment, when you look at it kind of in the big picture of what we've seen in this movie already, which isn't much. It's basically two scenes of Luke. But just a moment ago, he was attacked by a wampa. And hypothetically, you would think even potentially Luke uh, just a, a year or two later, let alone Luke five or ten years later, would have sensed that coming. True. Especially because his Tauntaun was able to, which is his natural instincts, right? Right. I don't think there have been any stories that make Tauntauns Force-sensitive yet, right? What if they're all Force-sensitive? <laughs> so, basically what I'm saying is it's funny because Luke has progressed with that natural side, you know, the physical side of the Force, the, right. using the, the powers, right? We're going to see later on he'll use more of them, obviously, as he practices and gets better. But he's not maybe so great at the listening to the force yet he's more using it as a tool he's not really understanding the grand picture yet because obi-wan never really besides the basic explanation taught him any of that the only stuff obi-wan taught him was he saw the mind trick in action he used the training probe and learned how to kind of picture things in his mind and that's about it so everything else he's had to learn on his own in the interim you know if you go back now and read some of the new marvel star wars comics there is and also one canon novel there is some supplemental material about luke practicing the force pool and learning jedi knowledge on his own before he ever gets to yoda but yeah you know in general if you're going in just these movies luke has done all of this essentially on his own right and so this is a huge progression for the character and it's letting us know just early on that this character has changed. There are going to be yeah, new things you don't expect. In the current frame of canon, in the 80s, we thought like, oh, Luke's reaching out of the Force because he's like, man, I wish I could have that lightsaber. And oh, wow, the Force could give it to me. Whereas now I think it's more of like, ah, oh, my head is full, so full of blood from being hung upside down. This is really hard. I got to focus on what I've already been practicing with this Force pool and... Uh, come on, come come over here, come here, come here, come here, come here. Yes, exactly. As he uh, as he, he does with that pile of noodles in that canon novel, I should just he mention that lightsaber right to him. Yeah, just we should mention in current canon, Obi Wan does leave essentially notes behind mm -hmm. for Luke to get started. He, yes, you know, obviously it's again, it's it's you know, reading the Jedi for Dummies book is not going to be the same as having a master teach you and correct your. Your stuff, but Luke has been tinkering away at Jedi powers. Yes. Um, so we we get to see Luke, you know, use the lightsaber in a cool, meaningful way. We get to see that he is a man of adventure still, and we get to see he's a much more mature person. Um, we see that Luke is still impulsive, though, considering the next thing we see is he has gotten away from the Wampa Cave. Good job, Luke. And now you're gonna die of exposure yeah, out in a snow field you're because in a blizzard. the cave was. You probably should just finish the wampa off and hung out in his cave. That was probably a better yeah. move. Yeah, eat him for a turn. So when he's there, I like the fact that Luke. I think he thinks he's having a hallucination. Yes, and this is the first time we're seeing a spiritual Ben Kenobi uh, without just the voice. We're seeing the upper two thirds of him as well. 
So letting us know that force ghosts can do more than just talk to you. As Obi-Wan's like, Luke, I know you're dying, but trust me, you'll get through this. Anyway, when you're done, you need to go to Dagobah. <laughs> what? There Dagobah. you will learn from Yoda, the master who instructed me, I guess, kind of, in like two things. It takes a village. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because Yoda totally does instruct Obi Wan. Oh yeah, it's just the fact of, of we thought it was, we thought Qui Gon was Yo- Yoda, and right. we were wrong. Right? Yes, yes, yes. But it's great. It's still great, and Yoda absolutely taught everybody. It's fine. It's just a fun joke to make. Yeah. So, so, but I, 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 I like the fact that Obi Wan's like, oh, you'll get out of this anyway. Like, because <laughs> like Luke is in a sorry state. He's like crawling. His voice is incredibly weak, and he's like, Dagobah. I'll remember that. Somehow. Yeah. And then Han rides through the projection of Obi-Wan uh, evaporating it and rides up to save Luke and find him, sticking him inside the uh, belly of a dead Tauntaun. Oh, what's a dig of a Luke? What's a ye- anyway, look, you're delirious. I'm going to shove you in this animal carcass, okay? <laughs> Listen, I promise it'll be fine. It'll be fine. It smells terrible, but y- you'll you'll survive the night. Probably. Yeah, maybe. Anyway. Yeah, we have this super great tent that'll keep us so warm. Just got to set it up. Hold tight. <laughs> I'd love to know what tent that is, but I love it. The shelter, yeah. I also like the the idea of like, all right, Luke, this will keep you warm. Five minutes later, the tent is set up and he pulls him out of the carcass. <laughs> like, that it, that it, like, it didn't need to be in there very long. <laughs> just a little. It's like throwing something in the microwave for a minute. I just see. Just like, getting the chill off. I just see like. Han unpack a, a like backpack, press a button, and it just opens. Like there's no there's no real setup. But anyway, it's, yeah, I love it. Um, so Luke's buddies from Rogue Squadron are out the next morning. They they the techs worked all night to get the uh, snow speeders adapted to the cold to find yeah. General Solo and mm-hmm. uh, actually is he Captain General? Solo. Captain Solo. Captain Solo. So he's not a general yet. Yeah, you know, no nothing like the Battle of Tanab to raise him up to that <laughs> level like Lando. Um. And they find him. And so the next thing we see, Luke is taking a swim in a back to tank, healing up from yes. a rough day. A real fancy uh, a real fancy space diaper. And uh, he looks rough. He looks beat up, but he wakes up from the back to, gets pulled out of there, dried off, and uh, is soon in a room with his friends, catching up like old times. Yeah, I mean, he's not looking too bad. He's got some, some face stuff going on. I love uh, Luke does have a really good eye roll here as Han is talking about how handsome he is. There there are some good, like, silent Luke react moments in the backgrounds of these films, and this is a good one. Eye roll, and, you know, Han's like, yeah, you look fine. Looks like you ripped the ears off of a Gundark. You're fine. You're fine. Thanks to you. That's two you owe me, Junior. Yeah. Something like that. Ah, boy. Uh, And then, of course, the sister kiss. Luke's favorite moment. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. What, what, are we going to talk about it? I don't know. Yes. They didn't know. Yeah. yeah. It's innocent. <laughs> but she always knew, according to the next movie. <laughs> anyway. All I'm Return saying, of the Jedi okay, does okay, a few okay, weird things. Hold on. It's fine. We're focusing, we're focusing here on Luke. <laughs> yes. Luke doesn't know. Luke doesn't know. That's true. Luke has not always known. Yeah. So, uh, to make Han jealous, Leia plants one on him. And, uh, you know, in Star Wars, that's pretty heavy stuff. Yeah, that's pretty heavy stuff. But, you know, she gets around this movie. She's going to kiss Han, too. So uh, we're not going to see that today. But, you know, it's a busy day. What you don't know is Leia is very polyamorous. She's very open. 
Listen, they've got one happy relationship. And if they weren't brother and sister, the three of them could have made it work. I mean, hey. I'm positive. You live your life. I'm positive. Okay. So we, uh, let's see. What happens with Luke after the kiss? So So after that, Han and Leia run out. They have their big fight. And the next time we see Luke is he's suiting up for battle, right? So I just want to say one thing that's interesting about when we get him back from Hoth is the kind of robes he's wearing to like, you know, from the medical bay are a nice reference back to his more like original clothing. Like Mm. sort of just, it's um, very simple, tanny gray great clothing and so this is the first time we've seen like luke out of like that whole snow gear and um we kind of get to see oh yeah i remember him he is the guy that same guy and then the next time we see him we'll get even more memories because he is in a flight suit very reminiscent of his x-wing flight suit almost identical yes so uh we see him suiting up because the empire knows they're here han has gone out and investigated the probe droid and so Luke is suiting up to fend off the Empire while all of the rebel rebel ships escape. So, one thing here, we already talked about, you know, who Luke's character was at the beginning of this. But one thing we didn't mention from last uh, movie is that Luke is always kind of droids. And here we have him, once again, being kind of droids. Yeah, he's a weirdo like that. Yeah. So still, that's, that's still his like second most popular uh, or common um, uh, character trait it's is being nice it's droids. A, it's a thing Skywalkers do. <laughs> um, so during this sequence, we we get uh, Sanu again beats about what has happened to Luke in between of. Okay, so not only is he in charge of this rogue squadron thing, but, like, he is a leader. Like, he's got his gunner. His gunner's loading up, and he's, like, pepping him up. I'm like, oh, we got this. Come on. We're going we're gonna to do this. I feel like I take on the whole empire. Dak, you could probably do that. As long as you make it through this battle. You can do it, Dak. You can do it. We also should point out Luke has that uh, quick goodbye with Han and Chewie. Chewie gives him that nice big bear hug. But uh, Han, you know, they have it's, that kind of that unspoken it's, moment. It's the pleasant reverse of what we saw in New Hope. Instead of the cynical, like, well, I guess you're just going off on your own. Like, this is Han is going off on his own, but in a really everyone sympathizes with it. And Han fully intends on hopefully coming back someday. And it's got a lot more, like, warmth and understanding. And again, we get to see how far that relationship has gone. Absolutely. Yeah. Take care of yourself. There's, like, a a mutual respect and understanding between them. And, you know, Luke is a more mature person, obviously. And Han has grown a lot. And kind of, uh, you know, found some of those uh, those friendship uh, roots he lost a long time ago. So, you know, he has sort of remembered what that life is like well, as well. So He found out where he belongs. And yeah. if it wasn't for that bounty hunter on Mentel, he would have, you know, just kept going. He would have just but kept he, going. But as General Riken points out, a death mark is not an easy thing to live with. <laughs> so Luke meets up with Dak, as we said, and they head off towards the battle with the rest of the snow speeders. And so as they're taken into battle here, um, you know, we have, we have a lot happening. We've, we've got yeah. snow speeders. We've got, uh, walkers. We've got general veers on the ground. We've got, uh, you know, rebel troops getting blown to smithereens. We've, we've got a whole lot happening in this battle, but with Luke, it's a pretty straightforward thing. They fly, you know, a couple attack runs. They realize well, that lasers aren't going to be effective. Yeah. This is going to say is like, this is the thing we see is Luke is a leader. Yes. Like, um, 
he is leading this attack. He yes. is directing all of Rogue Squadron, and we're seeing him in this very commanding role, which we saw just the glimmer of where that's going to come from when he did the final attack run on the Death Star and organized it himself. Absolutely. But like, it's nice to see Luke has the trust of these men and has, like, again, we just see how much he's matured and how much more put together he is, while also being a reckless, crazy person, because... The attacks he decides on, like, we'll use harpoons and tow cables. Uh, we could try that, sure. So Dak <laughs> prepares to take the shot. They're getting lined up. Now, Dak has a quick line here about fire control not working, right? Right. And Luke just says, yeah, just hold on. Prepare to make the shot. And then, you know, they kind of take a little shot, and Dak's console explodes in his face. Now, uh, this is something we've, you know, we have touched on in the past, but, you know, what do we think is happening here? Is Dak just knocked unconscious? Is he dead? You know, the true answer is, I guess, we don't actually really know, right? Schrodinger's cat. He's either dead or unconscious, but he'll be dead soon for sure anyway. Yeah. So after Dak goes down, Luke radios out that he can't take the shot, you know, that they'll have to. Uh, the rest of the squad will have to, and Luke gets shot down in the face of one of the walkers. So they he crashes, and he's able to grab his uh, you know ascension gun out of the cockpit, tries to get Dak or Dak's body out, but is not able to before the walker uh, crushes foot it. crushes down on it. Yeah, and unfortunately, that is certainly the end of Dak. Right. What a shame. Uh, unless he comes back as half robot. R.I.P. Dak. He could have a robot upper half. That's never been um, done. We've only done lower. So. Then Luke, um, then I think it's, again, interesting because as fans of the original movie, it must have been very exciting anytime the lightsaber popped. And oh, yeah. so far, it's all been used as a tool. You know, like, oh, I'll cut off this wampa and cut myself down. I mean, it's not really a big action beat. It's just a swing. I love it. So here's the next one. We have him use the ascension gun to get up under the underbelly of this AT-AT, and he just cuts a hatch open. I turns it off. love it. It's honestly one of my favorite lightsaber moments in the whole trilogy is this moment with the ATAT here where he just shoots up there and he just cuts a, you know, now if this was, you know, 1999, the Jedi would have hung there and cut a nice even CGI square out of the floor of the walker and thrown the grenade in. But it's the same thing. And I love it. I love seeing it here, too. And right, with the Luke, sequel trilogy, a... he would have thrown it up. It would have cut a circle himself, come back to him. And he would have just leaped in. Yeah, that's true, too. But I love it. I love it. And we're seeing a, you know, an untrained Jedi here using the tools to his advantage. He's using his. I mean, literal, his ability to stay calm and confident, you know, that's a Jedi trait. He's using that to do incredible things. He's taking down walkers on his own, and, you know, he's using the lightsaber as a tool as he knows how. He's never dueled anyone with it, you know. What's he going to do with that? Um, well, actually, has he? Well, um, we're not talking about the comics. It doesn't matter. So, uh, you know. And then she it, thinks that create the character, and at this point, yeah. like I said, we, we're seeing, ah, Luke has the weapon of a Jedi, but. He's unexperienced with it. Yes. Right, that's the easiest way to slim it down. He's unexperienced with it. And we see Luke again in a snowdrift, sort of looking up wearily because he fell from the AT&T. <laughs> it's the softest it's snow like, in the Did world. Did it work? Cool. <laughs> oh, yeah. We see the fireworks happen and uh, the walker goes down. And, you know, the Battle of Hoth continues, but the next time we see Luke, Luke, he's walking across the plains. I was he is a really, really long walk back to his X-Wing. It does seem like he had a really far way to go, because by the time he's done, the battle's over. He gets back to his X-Wing, where R2 is waiting for him. They take off, and they head towards the Dagobah system. R2 is just as confused as everybody else is. What are we going to do at Dagobah? 
I, I, and I enjoy the fact that, I guess my one way to put it, but like, Luke obviously has some seniority. He's doing a little officer's privilege here because it's like, all right, well, let's go uh, muster at the, uh, the rendezvous point. Well, I'm actually going to go do something else first. You, you, you got somewhere to go? Yeah, I need to go make a, um, blue milk run. Anyway, uh, I'll talk to you guys later. I'll see you, I'll see you there later. Yeah. Yeah, you know, Jedi business. Jedi business. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. So Luke and R2 arrive above Dagobah, and, uh, you know, R2's scared, but, you know, Luke assures him, Don't worry, I'm sure it's perfectly safe for droids. Now, I mm-hmm. just like last time, I started bringing up a theme I saw that may not be there or there, Go but for it. I just enjoy it, is in this, I think one of the things you start to see here is Luke is powered by his found family. Luke and his friends are what makes him a strong character. And what I mean by that is the second we go to Dagobah, Luke starts reverting back to the Luke we knew in the first movie. You know what? So I didn't really tie that into anything to do with his friends. So we're definitely going to talk about that as we go forward. But see, that that is absolutely what I felt, too, is once he gets to Dagobah, so he's going to crash land here, right? They have a really rough, a rough landing because his sensors don't pick up on anything. You know, they, they can't find a landing spot. So they just crash into a swamp. And Luke is pissed. He's yeah. mad that well, he's and crashed. We've, and we've talked about the fact that, like, his sense abilities. So there's the three, like, veins of the force, at least the way that we define them. Alter, control, and sense. Sense is the ability to sense your surroundings. I'm assuming the idea is if you want to land on Dagobah, if you trust your feelings, you could do it. But Luke's like, ah, there's no sensors, and there's just white fog out there, and this stinks. And then he smashes into into the swamp. It's like, Shh. Stupid swamp planet. Exactly, exactly. So right away, he's frustrated with the situation and, you know, second-guessing him being here. He tells R2 to stay put, but R2 falls off the ship. He's worried about R2, once again, worried about droids, cares about the droids, as always, Luke classic. And uh, (laughs) R2 gets sped out across the swamp. Luke is able to bring out more of their rations and their supplies from the ship, get himself dried off into some new clothes, and get R2 charging on some power. And at this point, Luke is starting to, you know, wonder if he made a mistake. Something seems interesting about this place, but he doesn't really know if he should be here. Maybe this is a waste of his time. And then the thing I see is, like, when he is, you know, um, when he's disconnected from his, his friends at the beginning of the movie, he's attacked by this wampa, and he's this very weary figure. And then he sees Obi-Wan, and that starts creating a connection. And then Han comes over the hill, and now he's going to be saved. When he's running Rogue Squadron, he's got this bravado. He's got this leadership. He's ready to lead people. The second he's on his own again with only, like, R2 to watch him, he's already going back to being the 19-year-old farm boy who wants to be somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. He even, you know, there are a couple things when he first arrives on Dagobah, like, he is so unsure of himself and that's the issue here. You know, he's like, it's something out of a dream. You know, he says that like that is, you know, maybe the force playing a trick on him. Maybe it's just because he's so, it's so surreal. He's here compared to where he was just a couple years ago. But I think that's an interesting line. And again, if you and I keep pulling this thread of like sense is the biggest area of work Luke has to work on. It could also be like, dreamlike it's like there's some sort of aura like this planet is absolutely soaked in force energy or something yeah 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 and that is what's curious is you know we don't have a definite answer for this but it's a very interesting thing to speculate on to the point that he feels like he's 
being watched. watched. And he also has the lot of like, if Yoda really exists, like he's also doubting. You know, th- there's that doubt creeping in there too. And well, then, and again, they set it up very well that Luke can totally start writing off that he saw Ben as a hallucination because he was in a rough spot. Oh yeah. But that seems unlikely because as he is setting up camp, you know, eating some food, he discovers a little green Muppet watching him from the distance. This imp. This little, this imp, this little pointy-eared green guy that looks like my great-grandfather. He's got a cane. He's got uh, some shabby hold robes on. Uh, doesn't look so good, but he is there telling Luke he wants to help him. Yeah, no. If he gives him a little lamp. But also, how do you get so big eating food of this kind? (laughs) Now, right away, Luke is pretty trusting of a stranger, even though he seems unthreatening. You know, Luke kind of puts away his blaster pretty quickly and is just like, eh, whatever, it's fine. Well, I think Luke's like, I got snuck up on the wall, but but you, buddy, I saw you coming. (laughs) See how fast I drew that? I've been studying from Han, that fast draw technique. Yeah, he's been standing there behind you for six minutes, kid, but okay. Yeah, well, <laughs> Luke's not aware of who he is. He's looking for a great warrior. A great warrior, and that's also very telling about where Luke's mindset is at right now in his character, right? Looking for a great warrior. And, of course, you know, the character to be named as Yoda soon is uh, wars not make one great, right? And it's mm-hmm. the first lesson that Luke is going to learn from Yoda. It's literally the first thing that Yoda will teach him. And Luke will learn that lesson. Luke pretty, uh, you know, pretty much after this film, becomes a non-warrior when he has to be. Right, right, right. So, he understands the restraint of violence. Yes, it is some a lesson that Luke heeds uh, very much so. So we'll talk about that more, obviously, in the future. But uh, I love that. I love that that's Yoda's very so, first lesson before Luke even knows who he is. Yeah, and so Luke is showing his brashness here because he's just absolutely annoyed with this creature. He's going through his food. He's going through his stuff. He wants to steal his lamp, which he'll need if he wants to get out of this mud pit like and then eventually he said you know the word yoda comes up he's like yoda yeah no that's why i'm here why don't you yeah why don't you show me who that crazy person is so i cannot deal with you anymore um yeah let's go yeah all right well first we have to eat (sighs) sure but then you'll take me to yoda right absolutely good because i need to get to yoda be be christened as a jedi knight Learn all this stuff instantly, and then go go off and kill Darth Vader. Okay, I'm, I got a timeline. I got to get to it. <laughs> yes, Luke has no patience here, no patience whatsoever, and that is one of the things we'll see. So Luke goes with Yoda, following him off uh, into the uh, thickets of Dagobah, and Luke's a little apprehensive, but goes with him. You know, and uh, they make their way to Yoda's hut, and this is where we see Luke's eagerness really come out. You know, why can't we go to Yoda now? I want to go now. Now. Uh, And it's great because we're learning that the Luke we know is still in there. You know, he's growing and changing. But whether this was on purpose by Mark Hamill or on purpose from the writing or a collaborative effort by many people, which I'm sure it was, it is a great bit of, uh, of Star Wars here. You know, seeing that character, that old Luke still holding on as he gets pulled along further into his journey. Yeah. So eventually here, uh, Yoda starts just having a side conversation with Obi-Wan, and Luke is, like, flabbergasted. So, wait a minute. Why are you having having a conversation? It's almost like you're a Jedi Master. Like, you, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. I just realized what's been happening. Yeah. And then Luke proves that he's still the farm boy by the, like, no, no, 
Ben, tell him I'm ready. <laughs> Which, for the record, if you ever tell someone, I tell them I'm ready, you're not ready. <laughs> <laughs> That's very, very true. Um, now, there are some a couple of lines I'd like to point out just sure. from this moment, because we're not going to go through all of the dialogue here, but a couple things. Before Yoda even admits he is who he is, one of the things that he asks Luke is, why must you become a Jedi? And Luke says, well, mostly because of my father, I guess. That's an interesting line for me. Obviously, to Yoda, it means something very different, knowing what he knows. But for Luke specifically, let's talk about that for a minute. You know, Luke was set on this path, right? In the first movie we see, he never knew his father. He's anxious to know more about himself. As soon as information about someone who may have even known his father comes up, Luke gets incredibly excited. When Obi-Wan is telling him things about his father, he's incredibly excited. So, you know, Luke is essentially idolizing this person in the first film, and here they are reinforcing that now in this second film, that Luke's reason to want to become a Jedi is not to defeat Darth Vader. It's not to save the galaxy or defeat the Empire. It is literally to feel closer to his familial connection. Well, it's his, it's his quote for destiny. Because I'd be honest, I think the... Like, my father is very much like a... How should I put this? Outward-facing way to explain himself. Yeah. Because in my opinion, the reason he wants to become a Jedi is because after everything was taken from him... After everyone dies on Tatooine, his aunt and uncle are gone, all his stuff's blown up. He, in a moment of very, very, like, you know, low, low stuff, tells Obi-Wan, I'm like, there's nothing for me here. I, I want to go with you and learn the ways of the Force and become a Jedi like my father. Like, he needed a bright point in the future to aim himself at, to get out of that dark place. Mm-hmm. And I think he's just been almost absentmindedly chasing that ever since. He's like, well, I promised I'd become a Jedi, so now I'm going to be a Jedi. You know, my father was one. I must have the potential. Obi-Wan seemed to think so. If I become a Jedi, I will figure everything out. Life will make sense. Right? I mean, I think that's absolutely at least a big part of it. Yeah, I, I completely agree. So Luke, obviously realizing his, his his mistake, learns another lesson here in this moment about what happened to his father, right? Yoda literally says words like, you know, adventure, excitement, a Jedi craves not these things. You know, your father always looking to the horizon. You know, I don't know. I don't remember exactly how he phrases it, but well, you, you know, your head's in the clouds just like your dad was. Exactly. Looking to the future, not focusing on where you are now in the moment. What's important here? Where he was. What he was doing. I love it. Absolutely love it, right? And Luke, instead of taking this as a moment to self-reflect, he's just <laughs> no. diving in, right? He's just saying, no, I won't fail you. I won't fail you. Uh, I even I just even say, yes, yeah, where he says, I'm not afraid. And Yoda has the great line of, you will be. <laughs> oh, I remember when your dad said stuff like that. And yeah. I gave him a whole speech about where fear leads. So, And he listen, had kid. a lot of fears. He's, so. he's coated in it. <laughs> could smell it on him so <laughs> this is where yoda does decide to train luke luke learns a little more about his father as we said he's learned a few lessons already so in a very short amount of time luke has learned multiple things from yoda and we've seen it right in some off-screen 80s montage he has gone to the gym learned to uh, be the best around yes 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 so luke goes through some training now we see lots of different training scenes with Yoda. We're going to hit on some of the biggest ones here. Obviously, you know, yeah. there's swinging on vines and there's some stacking rocks, which we'll talk about. But we're going to talk about some of the bigger moments. So one of the um, 
uh, things that Yoda is going to teach him here is, you know, about anger, fear, aggression. These are all past to the dark side and anger and fear are things we're going to see from Luke later on in his journey, both in this film and others. And Luke asked him here, how will I know the good from the bad? You will know when you are calm at peace. Yeah. Right. So some more because... really important lessons here about what a true Jedi should be. Because I think what we're seeing is Luke is he's a physical being. He's very good at the athleticism that's being tested. Like, you know, he does that crazy, like, forward flip jump, um, which is, has to be force assisted. You know, like, he's he's good at when it connects to the real world, right? But this understanding of sense, the more abstract concepts of the force, the, the intangibles, the disconnecting from this world... And connecting to the higher existence of the Force is really difficult for him. He's just a very grounded person, um, and this comes up. But we, we, we've been we've been writing a thread that I didn't expect it right, but like is the fact of like sense. He's not good at calming his inner voice and listening to the will of the Force. That is a problem for him, and so you know even right now he's like, how will I know the good from the bad? And Yoda Yoda is teaching him in a very nice way, but there's a part of it's kind of like. You'll you'll know if you're listening. Just shut up for a minute and listen. <laughs> you know, because um, one of the training things is like you know he's upside down and he's on a one-handed handstand. So obviously, again, force assisted or wires, whatever. <laughs> um, and he's making these rocks float, and it's basically just trying to show that probably the answer here is the if you can concentrate. You know, you can do all these things as long as you're focused on exactly what you are doing right now. You can do many, many things at the same time if you're focused on the moment right now. Yes, the and Luke's task at hand. Bad at that. <laughs> uh, Luke also learns here. You know, Jedi uses the Force for knowledge and defense, never for attack. Something he'll another trait he is good at exhibiting and a lesson yes. he picks up. You know, there are certain things Luke is really good at right away. There are things he picks up on, you know, that are traits of a Jedi immediately. Partially, I would imagine, due to his kind upbringing, you know, being a good person. Yeah. Um, and then there is, you know, the clear your mind of questions. You know, anytime you're unsure of yourself, it's not a matter of, you know, can you do it? It's a matter of will you do it? And, of course, that lesson comes back here. In a big way in a moment, but that that clear your mind of questions. That's what that makes me think of. Now. Oh, wait, sorry. That's something we don't want to touch on yet. That's for another episode. Uh, <laughs> so then we get to the cave moment. Now, obviously, this is a big, big thing. Right. A big thing in Luke's life. Right. The cave. This kind of changes his path, his trajectory for a lot of things. So even Luke notices. Huh. Something's weird over there. Now, see, you say that, and I just want to jump in here. Is that because now he's been with Yoda? He's been training. He's sensing the Force more. Yeah, I think he's opening his third eye, if you will, and finally starting to more reflexively use the Force as the sixth sense he has. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Luke notices this dark side energy, and, you know, Yoda tells him, oh, the only thing in there is what you take with you. And, and I love Frank Oz's acting with, like, the cane. He's, like, just poking the ground, like, I mean, you can go in there if you want. I mean, pretty bad in there. 
And as Luke does head towards it, he decides to take his weapons with him against Yoda's advice. And of course, we'll never know what happens if he didn't take his weapons. But what does happen is he slides through the base of the cave in the ground, gets underground. And after sliding past some lizards and some snakes, he is confronted with what he believes in the moment is Darth Vader. Now, us as the audience, this is a very, uh, you know, trippy scene, as it were. A lot going on, a lot of, you know, slow motion and some distortion in the lights and color. And we see Luke and Vader take a few swings at each other. And Luke chops off the front of, (laughs) chops off Vader's head. And as the head tumbles to the ground, the mask explodes, revealing Luke's face beneath it. Right, because Lou Skywalker, his clone, is who's actually inside that armor. Oh, don't start with the cloning stuff. So Luke is having what we will come to call and learn is a Force vision. You know, Luke is going through essentially a message from the Force. So question for you. Do you think it's a martial combat because Luke took his weapons with him? Yes. So you think if, like, Luke had abandoned taking violence with him... It might have been a more meditative vision. It might have been different. I mean, there is only one other story, two other things we really learn about the cave in the grand Star Wars universe, right? Mm -hmm. We learn that Yoda goes there many times throughout his time on Dagobah Mm -hmm. and throughout different times. You know, when he goes there, he understands it. He has already kind of mastered what it is. So he goes and he learns about it. But the cave does not, you know, tempt Yoda. The cave does not turn Yoda. Yoda goes many times, learns about the cave. And then the only other time we see it is that, and, you know, Yoda never has a big confrontation there because he's not there for that. Mm. And the only other time we see the cave in canon is when Snoke takes Kylo Ren there. Mm. And Kylo obviously does take his weapon in and has his parents there. And his version of the cave is to kill them, right? And to kill his master. Uh, and Kylo actually destroys the entire cave, bringing it down and, you know, ending it. So, um, you know, obviously Kylo went in there with the intention of violence, and that's what he got. He got a fight with his master and then saw his parents there. And when Yoda went in, he went in with an intention of understanding the cave and, you know, the force energy that's coming off of it. And so he doesn't, you know, get into duels in there with Count Dooku or whoever it might be, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And for that... I would say that that is enough evidence to say if he wouldn't have taken his weapons, it would have been a different vision. It wouldn't have been. It might have still been Vader, but it wouldn't have been Vader with a weapon. It might have been Vader force choking him. Who knows? But it probably would not have been the same. Right. And it's again back to this thing is Luke is a very a physical being. He's really attached to the real world. Like, uh, yeah, there's all this dark side energy in that cave. You know, the dark side might uh, tempt you and change you with visions. I better take my blaster. The visions, the blaster. Fine, take your blaster. You 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 apparently need it. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? Like he's he's still not into all this mysticism and understanding that there's this whole universe beyond what he's been feeling his whole life. Absolutely, he's only scratched the surface. Right. So, what does this cave moment do for Luke and his character? You know, this warns him of the future, right? His potential. Uh, turn to the dark side. I think that's the first thing, right? Right. It reminds him that underneath Vader is maybe still a person, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe that's sub- subliminally, subconsciously part of it. Right. Right. It, uh, let's see, it lets him know that lightsabers can take a head right off. That's true. Yeah. Anything else? I mean, what is I there I think the last else? thing about it is it also just presents the fact that, you know, 
the person inside that armor was Luke at one point. Yeah. Yeah. That like, yeah. like the, all these, I think the foreshadowing of your father was like you is all just ex- basically expressing like kid. If you, if you stay exactly as you are now and you do not learn from your father, you are doomed to repeat his life. Yes. Yes. I couldn't agree more. Okay. Perfect. So after the cave scene and we cut away for a little bit, we get back and this is where we have, you know, the, the stacking rocks and the, you know, try not do or do not. There is no try. You know, this is where we get Luke attempting to lift the X-wing for the first concentrate, time. Concentrate. Yes. Yoda takes a tumble. Um, Luke, you know, concentration, as we've said many times, is a problem for Luke, especially in this film. And as he attempts to lift the X-Wing, we see it start to bubble up out of the water and rise up. And then uh, in my headcanon, R2-D2 beeps off to the side. Luke loses concentration and it slips back below the water, even though I don't think that's what actually happened. I think Luke just couldn't do it at the time. Well, I think it's just Luke keeps thinking about like, oh, man, as I'm lifting this out of the water, it's getting heavier. It, it's not Luke only heavier in your mind. Is it getting, you know, like I think it's just the fact of, again, he's physical. He's thinking about how many tons that X wing weighs. And the more he pushes against the water, the more he thinks about how heavy and hard this is until he succumbs to his own belief that yes. it's impossible. And Yoda explains to him that this is essentially why he fails. You know, this is where we get the luminous beings are we, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you flowing through you, right? That is how you will lift this X-wing up and Luke and, basically states, you want the impossible. And again, and this is and this is where we get the description of the force that it is this webbing of energy across the entire universe, you know, connecting the ship, the rock you know, all of these things are interconnected and you just need to understand that there's a, what would you call an atmosphere of energy all around you and you're like still blind to it. Yes, yes, yes. And Luke, I mean, this is essentially Luke kind of in a way refusing to see, you know, not wanting to open himself up. And we don't know if it's because of, you know, his worries about what happened in the cave or if, you know, he's distracted by the fact that he's starting to get visions of his friends, you know, in in suffering and in pain. But Yoda basically decides to, uh, you know, prove a point, a little show of force here. <laughs> and lifts the X-Wing out of the swamp. And, you know, Luke's only words here are, I don't believe it. And that is why you fail. Uh, for the record, one of my favorite pieces of dialogue in the entire franchise. Just because the setup and serve, it's very dialogue because he's like, oh, I don't believe it. And then Yoda has just this perfect, like, serve to ace it back at him. And I love it. Uh-huh. I love it's it a- like, that is why you fail. It's a great moment Mm. for not only Luke for learning, but just to show what a Jedi is capable of. Because we haven't seen anything quite... I mean, I guess coming back from the dead is pretty impressive. But in the (laughs) real world, we haven't seen anything quite that impressive yet from a Jedi. You know, Luke moving a lightsaber to moving an X-Wing. In the audience mind and Luke's mind, that's a big difference. Remember an hour ago, we were impressed with a little jiggle of a lightsaber in an ice drift. So, like, you know, we we come a long way. Yes. And so the next time we see Luke after this, he has redevoted himself to training after Yoda kind of proved him wrong. But this is where he gets his first full-fledged vision of Han and Leia in trouble. Mm -hmm. And Yoda basically informs him it's the future you're seeing. And Luke's first reaction is, you know, will they die? 
And Yoda's answer is sort of, you know, difficult to say, always in motion the future is, letting Luke know nothing is set for certain. Nothing will always, you know, the, the universe can guide things, but it does not plan out specific events, right? Uh, and so this is Luke basically having to make a decision. And so just pulling my own thread here, like, and again, the more Luke gets outward facing, thinking about where his friends are, where Vader is, what's going on outside this little isolated swamp planet, the more distracted he gets, the more disconnected he gets, the more whiny he gets, the more they're over the next horizon. I need to get to the next horizon. Yoda, give me superpowers or I got to go. <laughs> yeah, Luke is not ready for the journey anymore. He thinks he's learned enough. And he basically says, you know, I have to go to them. And Yoda's response is, well, help them you could, but destroy what they fight for you will because yeah. you're essentially taking away their well, one opportunity to defeat the empire if something happens to you it's like well are you saying they should sacrifice my friend if you honor what they fight for well that's i don't like that answer it's true but in the reality of it at least for leia that would be the decision she would make you know she's the military leader she is thinking of the big picture and not just the individual and right. you know if, if leia was in that decision she probably would stay behind but luke is brash and you know really attached to his friends because they're such a big part of the trauma in his uh you know earlier life that yeah. you know he has to go to them and if he spent his time there and just be sunk into jedi training and stuff there's a different version of return of the jedi where he comes back way sooner way more powerful and just goes and topples the empire Han and Leia are dead, but, well, Han's on a wall somewhere. Yeah. And Leia's actually probably in that same palace stuck to a chain because she probably still tried to rescue him. Anyway, the point is, Luke is in a more powerful place, but he can't because that's not who he is. Yes. So even Luke says, I can't keep the vision out of my head. They're my friends. I have to help them. You know, and Yoda even says, well, remember your failure in the cave, i.e. you're still not a Jedi. You have failed your trials, well, right? And also, you're still attached to this idea of what you think is going to happen. You're still attached to these physical corporeal beings. You're still not seeing the broader cosmic picture here, kid. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, we'll talk a little bit more uh, next time about if this is a failure on Luke's part or not. But, you know, he says, I've learned so much since then, and I promise I'll return. I'll finish. I just need to go use a little bit of what I've learned to save them. I was going to say, it's been at least like two days to five weeks. Somewhere in there. Yeah. And Luke, you know, basically explained that he feels he has to go because the suffering is because of him. His friend, you know, Yoda explains his friends are made to suffer because they're trying to attract Luke there. And Luke says, well, yeah, that's why I have to go. I can't let that happen. I can't let them suffer on my behalf. And I promise and, I'll return, but I can't do this right now. And Obi-Wan's there going like, but like Luke, like... Trust me, coming back from the dead's hard, kid. I did a lot of work to get you here, and you look, that's exactly what the Emperor wants. Don't 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 give in to hate. Don't don't do this. And looks like, well, no, I'm gonna go do this. <laughs> and everyone's like, Well, I guess we're all screwed. Guess I came back from the dead for nothing. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, that is as Luke takes off and, you know, the light all around Yoda kind of goes out and Obi-Wan reveals that, uh, well, Yoda reveals to Obi-Wan that there is another hope. There is someone else that could potentially save them if Luke is not able to do it. Yeah, don't worry so much, Obi-Wan. I've got a backup plan. i got a plan B. Yeah, I, you know, I've been saving my real ace in the hole. This kid is just like first wave. Yeah, no, this was this was this was the most convenient answer. We we got another one. <laughs> so Luke arrives at Cloud City. Uh we he makes his way down some hallways, getting shot at by stormtroopers and Boba Fett. And and suspicious of everything because he's just let to go on a platform. Like he's not meeting anyone. The path is like clear. And I think he can sense that the trap is closing down around him. Absolutely. And then Leia even forewarns him that it is in fact a trap. But he proceeds anyway. He proceeds anyway. Yeah, really. It's surprising that that isn't the more Mimi famous. It's a trap. I think because it has the voice crack in it. Like yeah. it's it's Leia's like a little too desperate because it. I mean, it's almost a bit the fact yeah. that she's like coming back onto scene to yell it. Yeah, it's very good. I love it. Uh, and Luke follows, and he goes through that same doorway. But now he was taken into the carbon freezing chamber where he is confronted and, by Vader. And one thing I want to just contrast here, I'm putting a flag here for later, is mm-hmm. we still see that Luke is not ready to be a Jedi. He's running around with his blaster. He is still the Luke we saw earlier in the movie, but he's sort of like like got a confidence back. His swagger is back. You know, Now he's rescuing his friends. That's something he gets. Like tackling the mysteries of cosmic energy force is hard. Not as gifted at that, but gifted at less. Yes, I'm going to go fight a bad guy. I can do that. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, he is rushing in headfirst, and you're absolutely right, blaster drawn. Although, as soon as he sees Vader, he knows it's time to switch over to the lightsaber. Doesn't even try shooting him. He hasn't seen that Han's bolts were blocked by Vader, and it's the same gun, so that won't work. He just knows a blaster like, no, no, rock, paper, scissors game says lightsaber versus lightsaber. That's the better play. <laughs> That's the better play. So we see them draw off against each other. And Mac, how how do we want to describe this fight? Because obviously there are big moments we'll talk about. But, you know, it, it's one of the most dynamic visual fights, I think, in all of Star Wars. Yeah. I think the Cloud City setting is maybe the most visually appealing lightsaber duel we see. At least as far as, like, sets and stuff, I mean, the choreography is a lot more interesting than the previous fight, which was on purpose. The The previous fight with Obi-Wan and Vader was supposed to be just this very chase duel of just kind of testing each other until they got their one strike in that killed each other. Yes, 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 yes. Um, But this, I think, is very interesting because I think there's a lot of energies going on here. So Luke's whole thing is, ah, crap, this super tall, black-armored dude who... I he's not going down like he did in the cave. This is going to be tough. Meanwhile, I think Vader, we know by the end of the movie, Vader is testing him. Vader is not going full force. Vader is not trying to kill him because he doesn't no, really want to kill kill Luke at this point. Yeah. He's kind of made up his own mind of like, I want to get this kid on my side. He obviously has become strong in the force since the the last time I sensed him on that hangar bay or in that trench. So yeah, I, I want to make him my apprentice. And if I can do that, then I can get out of the terrible situation I've been in for the last 30 years. 
Yes, absolutely. Vader sees a option here, an option he hasn't had um, in a long time, you know, an option to potentially overthrow the Emperor. And so as they're fighting, you know, there are some good moments. Luke escapes from the carbon freezing chamber with a force leap. Uh, we see Vader use the force pool to uh, start the carbon freezing machine. We see Vader throw some things at Luke and he eventually gets sucked out a window. And this leads to a very battered and beat up Luke dueling with Vader on the edge of a uh, and giant pit. And again, let's also point out this is deconstructing Luke as far as like, your training super not complete, kid. Like, yes, we saw you do the forward flip. Good job. You you jumped out of the carbon pit. Yes, we know you could get that one done. That's a new trick. Good job. We found that. Also, you know that thing you had to concentrate really hard to get your lightsaber? Vader does that absolutely effortlessly when he flipped that switch. Yeah. Like, all right, so you got your lightsaber out, and Vader's fighting you mostly one-handed. Like, he's not even... You're not even worth a double-handed swing most of the time <laughs> it's like okay well I, I i've got this it's like kid remember when you have trouble with the rocks this dude's just gonna put his lightsaber in front of him and just start whipping all kinds of equipment ripping it out of the walls and throwing it at you you are so not ready for this and and how are you gonna fight it are you gonna calm your mind and push those back and with the force deflect them away from you no, you're going to clumsily swing your lightsaber like it's a baseball bat or a pinata hoping you're going to knock him away from you. Like, it is showing just how unprepared he was and how, in my opinion, how right Obi-Wan were Yoda and stuff of like, no, if you had stayed here, this fight would have gone completely different. It is your lack of mastery in the Force is why you don't have a chance. Absolutely. And this is Luke learning a lesson here. You know, Luke, I think, kind of realizes by this point how much trouble he's actually in. Yeah. And as he's cornered out on the walkway, you know, trying to defend himself, uh, it's it's not happening. You know, he, he's trying his best, but it, it's not happening. And so as they're fighting, you know, Vader takes a swing and takes the wrist off. Which I think is the basically Luke is desperate and he's fighting with a lot of fury. And this is where, where Vader's like, okay, look, we got to stop this. Okay. I got some things to say <laughs> and uh, I need your full attention. So uh, we're going to get rid of the light stick. Cut it off your hand. Yeah. <laughs> and, no and, effort whatsoever. And I assume Vader's also just like, a, mm, and a little low there. was just going for like the thumb, but like, well, you know, it's fine. I had a robot hand. It worked out. <laughs> the the technology's come a long way, kid. Oh my gosh, you don't even know. I had a Mark IV. You're going to have like a Mark 50. Like, you don't even know. It's going to have skin on it, dude. You know what I would have done for that back in the Clone Wars? But the Jedi Council's like, we don't pay for cosmetic surgeries. Um, Only for masters, they said. Yeah, no, no. They're like, this one's functional. Put a glove on it. <laughs> so um, this is where Luke gets, obviously, the biggest change to his character, probably in the entire story, right? And again, I would say this is continuing the deconstruction of Luke's inability to embrace his Jedi training because if Luke had quieted his mind and focused, what's about to be told to him would have been clear and obvious to him. Because when Vader points out, I'm your father, that's why I haven't killed you, I need you and me to get together to overthrow the Empire and then everything's going to be great, okay? <laughs> And Luke's like, no, that's impossible. And then Vader says, even I have to tell you to search your feelings and focus on the force and you'll know I'm your dad. And Luke's like, 
ah, oh, crap, you are, aren't you? <laughs> and I'm, I'm, in my mind, like, in a different universe, he would have, when he for, had a presence with Vader, he would have gone, something familiar, something connected. <laughs> like, he would have been able to figure that out. But he doesn't until he's, like, you know, got a burnt stub and he's basically crying, screaming, and out of his mind on the edge of this, like, you know, uh, stick that's all the way out into this bottomless chasm. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, He is out of options. What can he do? He can either go with Vader and basically turn to the dark side, right, do exactly what Yoda and Obi-Wan warned him not to do. He can let Vader kill him then and there, or instead he decides to take his only chance and fall. And fall, fall, he does. And I think at this moment, Luke is very connected to the Force when he understands Vader's reality to him. And I think also when he does that, I think he gets the, my friends will save me. I don't know if I'll survive this fall, but if I do, I think my friends can save me. I'll find a way out of here. (laughs) <laughs> and he manage a and he manages just that. He falls down out of one of the uh, disposal chutes and hanging on there. He's calling out to Ben, begging for Ben to help him. Gets no response and eventually calls out to Leia, who hears him. Has Lando turn the Falcon around, and they're able to avoid the Tie Fighters and come back and pick him up. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, it's pretty monumental for Leia to hear Luke calling out with the Force, right? Yep. Especially because we don't know at this point that Leia is Luke's sister. We don't know that Leia is Force-sensitive, right? So to hear him calling out, you know, when I was watching this for the first time as a kid, I didn't think of Leia being Mm Force-sensitive. I just assumed she could hear him because Luke was projecting outward to someone he, you know, was looking for and cared about. It never, ever clicked in my mind that Leia could potentially be the Force-sensitive one. I saw Return of the Jedi like 200 times before I saw Empire Strikes Back, so I was very aware. Sure, sure, sure. So, but do you, I mean, is that an obvious one to you, looking at it now through adult eyes? You know, is that one that like, oh, if you were an adult seeing this in 1980, you probably would have caught that. Like I said, there's a number of, one of the reasons I'm fine with, like, if I showed my Star Wars kids, I I would probably just show them one through nine in order. uh, Because I watched Return of the Jedi out of order, so all these weird questions that many people had at the movies are like, well, is Luke... You know, is Vader really his dad? You know, uh, what was with Leia and the Force? I'm like, I, I, already, I already know. I saw the third movie first. So, like, it is very strange for me to, like, try and cast my mind back of, like, what would I have thought? You know, because to me, like, these were all self-evident truths. And so I was watching, for me, New Hope and Empire are prequels. Right. The way I watch them. Right. To like, you, Jedi Luke is the Luke, and yeah, yeah. everything that comes before is something else. Yeah, so, like, for me, it's like Luke going, like, man, this kid's come a long way, because I know how he turns out, and uh, what well, he's got some growing to do. <laughs> and I can't wait to talk about that, but here at the end of this film, we've got one last little moment of Luke, and that is basically, you know, he's in agony, he's sensing his father aboard the uh, Star Destroyer, mm-hmm. and then he calls up to Ben of just, you know, why didn't you tell me? You know, that's what he's holding on to is, why didn't you tell me? Why did you let me go in there without that knowledge? Because that has obviously changed things for him. 
Well, and I think we see, again, this coming to God moment of Luke opening himself to the Force that allows him to connect out to Leia. Um, because I, I would probably say, okay, referring back to your first question, I think it's more of if I was in 1980 watching this, I wouldn't so much think that Leia's Force-sensitive as much as I'd think, man, Luke has it clicked up to 11. He can send telepathy to people now. Yeah, see, that was my thought, too. That, um, that's kind of where my mind was at, too. And And I think, again, why didn't you tell me is presaging the whole fact that Luke's whole thing is, oh, now that I know him, like, I don't want to kill him. I want to redeem him. Like, my whole quest here is to become him. And now I've seen what that cave vision means. Now mm-hmm. I understand all this st- stuff. And he's like, no, the, the answer is to undo the past. And that is to open my mind to a bigger truth than I was ready to and release myself from this physical con- constraints and start realizing the biggest picture. <laughs> yes. And I mean, that's what Luke finds himself getting into. You know, at the end of the movie here, Luke does seem calm and at peace as he's getting his robot hand installed, you know? Oh, oh wait. And real quick before oh, yeah. the robot hand. And he is reaching out to his father when they're escaping the system. Oh, yeah. Him and Vader have that connection because it will never be severed again. It is a permanent, like, Luke can cast his thoughts in the direction of Vader. And Vader knows Luke's out there and is Force-sensitive. And that's a connection because later on we'll see that just when they get in proximity, it's bad because they really are kind of always passively looking for each other. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, they're very aware now of each other's full existence, you know. Luke is already in this moment calling him father, Mm -hmm. you know, showing that he's accepted it, even though there'll be another conversation about that later. Um, And then, yeah, uh, we get Luke, they get back, they rendezvous with the fleet and Luke is cleaned up. He's calm. He's getting his robot hand. He's kind of at peace there with Leia, whether, you know, how much he knows about uh, all of that or not uh, on a subconscious level. Uh, and Lando and Chewie are heading off to look for Han, and Luke basically says, "Hey, I'll rendezvous with you on Tatooine, baby. We'll figure this out." By the way, is that is that Han's shirt? Well, it technically, it's my shirt first. Listen, it's all I had. It's all I had. I'm sorry. It's that is, out of all the things in Star Wars, I cannot unsee. That's <laughs> one of the biggest ones. I get it. It's a fun moment. So this is the end, uh, you know, as Luke looks out upon the system, uh, you know, at the stars. Uh, this is the end of Luke's middle chapter here in this original trilogy. And obviously he's grown a lot. He's come a long way. So, you know, at the beginning of this, we started out with a uh, newly minted young man who had made a name for himself among the galaxy, destroying a giant weapon of terror and who really had a soft spot for droids. And now here at the end of this movie, we've got the same character. Um, You know, he didn't really do anything on a uh, legend level, as it were, like destroying the Death Star. You know, this Mm -hmm. was more of a personal connection film for him. This is Luke learning who he is, more about where he came from and more about what he stands for. This is us seeing a transitional period from the Luke in the first film to the Luke we're going to see next time. So this is very much an in-between Luke. And I think for a lot of people, this is their favorite Luke because it's the beginning, right? It's truly the beginning of this character's journey into a larger world than even the first movie presented, right? Because now he's really starting to learn and master the Force. And by the next time we see him, he's going to have changed again into another person. But that's something we're going to talk about next time. Yeah. All right. Like I said, he's, yeah, lots and lots of growth. And I think the other thing I want to mention is just, 
And again, once he's back with his friends, he's again focused back on getting a mission together. We'll go to Tatooine. We'll figure this out. And I think that that is a a hidden strength that even Yoda doesn't realize is that familiar connection is Luke proving it's a valuable resource and starting for a much later conversation that perhaps the Jedi aren't right on all matters. Absolutely. Luke is going to have a lot of those revelations over his time and we're going to talk about most of them. So let's do that next week. All right, another chapter of Luke Skywalker's saga complete as we get to the halfway point of our Luke extravaganza. Wow, it seems like we just started yesterday. Uh, this is so much fun. We're having a great time. Uh, obviously, it's a lot of fun getting to go and watch these movies in a different way, you know, just watching some of the Luke bits. Um, yeah. We're obviously having a lot of fun talking about it, I think, and... It is very easy for us to fill time with these episodes, clearly. It is not a problem at all. So we were concerned about how could we possibly talk about A New Hope Luke for more than 20 minutes, and here we are. So it's going exceedingly well. We're very much looking forward to next week and talking about Return of the Jedi Luke. So please, please, please come back and see us then. Uh, not a lot has happened in the world of Star Wars since we last recorded, Mac. Nothing nothing really new to talk about other than... No, we're just we're on the eve of the end of the Bad Batch. Uh, yeah, a couple episodes left. Book of Boba Fett has finished filming as far as we know. Mando right. Season 3 is starting to ramp up filming. So uh, a lot's happening on the production front. Of course, Kenobi and Andor are both in the swing of things. Uh, so there's a lot going on in the world of Star Wars. Uh, we got announced, I think we talked about this last week, uh, the end of Phase 1, Wave 3 of the High Republic is coming out. Mm -hmm. So we got some new books announced there. Um, nothing new on the toy front that I can think of uh, that's really on my radar. Mm -hmm. Mac, anything anything going on with you, Star Wars no. stuff? No, not really. I mean, again, just in a, in a, in a good place. Yes, Things absolutely. are coming. Yeah, watched. Uh, oh, I did read a little bit more. I'm, I'm still making my way through the first Darth Bane book, uh, so making my way through that, and then uh, maybe we'll do an episode on that at some point because that's a quite a popular one. So, uh, really enjoying that. Reading it for my uh, my first time actually. Uh, so going through that and, um, oh, you know what? Last okay. week we talked a little bit about Star Wars Resistance and I, uh, started it and oh. I have watched, uh, the first five episodes or so. Okay. Um, so I'm still on episodes I have seen previously. I'm not in any new stuff yet that I haven't seen, but I'm almost there because I think I've only seen about a half dozen episodes or so. So, uh, getting to some, some stuff I haven't seen before. Um, I said it then, I'll say it again. I love the gay chicken. 
Man, uh, Jim Rash is great. You, uh, give me more flicks. And uh, there you go. Just like, I, like, his name is Flicks. I can't remember the other one's name, and I'm trying to remember. I think it begins with an M. But really like those characters. Big big fan. Um, really love the color and the simple animation style. It is beautiful. Um, it's a really fun show to watch. It's very visually pleasing. Um, it is obviously a children's show. It is a younger audience than Clone Wars or Rebels is going for, but it's. It's still Star Wars. It still has the same sound effects and, you know, seeing the aliens and I there's still fun stuff about it. And if you're looking for what I always would call like the background show, you know, but like just the something to throw on. You want yeah. a little bit of Star Wars that you might not have seen before, but you still want to look at your phone or if you're like me, play Pokemon Go while you're watching it. You can do that. Yeah, totally. So check it out, Mac. This is uh, more for you than anybody else. Go ahead and watch some Resistance. <laughs> I will. Like I said, we promised each other this fall we will we will get Resistance under our belts and yeah. maybe do some topics. Yeah. So I'm getting ready, watching some episodes, trying to find the best stuff in there. Uh, I know we've got some uh, some friends who have been uh, texting about you know watching Clone Wars for the first time. So we're gonna get uh, some of them on. We're, we're starting to ramp back up to a point of having guests again. As long so as these Delta variants don't come back, I yeah. think we can. Start having guests again yeah so we're looking forward to that we're going to have some of our old guests back we're going to have some new guests so we've got a lot coming up this year on star wars all in after we finish our luke retrospective but we do still have more of that to go and we are excited for you us to join us as we continue on but until then i'm mac and i'm ross and until next wednesday may the force be with you This production is not endorsed by any other property and is the sole responsibility of Mac Purvis III, Ross Greco, and those involved in its production. It is meant for entertainment purposes only. Other than content provided by this production's providers, all music, music clips, sound bites, rights are reserved, and their respective owners have not endorsed any aspect of this show. Copyright 2021.